0: What is up?
1: What is going on, sir?
0: Not a whole lot. Everything go well with the uh, cleaning of the ducks?
1: Everything is cleaned and ready for winter.
0: Your house is no longer a fire hazard, so it's safe to be inside of it?
1: Yes, it was a fire hazard when you were here last week, so I was risking your life. I apologize. It's
0: the only way I live. That's my middle name, Danger. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price, coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. <clears throat> What's up? Ish.
1: Nothing. I don't know if I really want to have this podcast tonight because last week was pathetic.
0: Yeah, we are going to move on relatively quickly from that Patriots game. <laughs> Not a whole lot to not a whole lot to to really dwell on. I mean, it was terrible. It was garbage. It was four quarters of shit. Baker Mayfield looked like, uh, not, I won't even say a rookie quarterback because I think that's giving him too much credit. He looked like a make-a-wish kid that they put out there to play one NFL game, and he had never played before. And that's the result. 73 the, the, yards. It, it was pathetic. The,
1: the entire team just looked like, they were just thrown onto a field, not ever played a game of football in their life, wondering what do we do next? And, you know, yeah, and that, well, just speaks, that just speaks to Belichick and that Patriots team came fucking prepared. And we show up off a bus going, oh, I guess we'll wing it today.
0: Yeah, we were an 11 win team last year. we went, we at the time we were a five win. Well, we still have five <laughs> wins, but we were a five win team going into a rookie quarterback, somewhat hostile environment there in new England. And, I mean, they took the, they, they sucked the life out of that team. That was truly took me back to the, the dark days of being a Browns fan where we, we saw games like that on a weekly basis where there was just no effort on either side of the ball. It was a total blowout. The game was essentially over at halftime. We haven't really seen a game like that in a while. I mean, I, I know the Arizona game was pathetic uh, just maybe a <clears throat> month ago or so, whenever it was, but this one just had a different feel to it. This was just bullying. The The Arizona game, there were some really bad calls. This game was just top to bottom. We got our asses kicked. There's nothing I can go back and say, well, this is if this happened a different way, things could have changed. It really was just start to finish disgusting.
1: Did it seem personal? Did it seem like the offensive coordinator on the other side had a point to prove?
0: <laughs> no, because... I think, I mean, he worked here. Well, he, he's been offered the job here a couple of times. He's interviewed. I also think that he purposely isn't taking jobs because he knows New England is his, is his once Belichick retires. Josh McDaniels isn't very old. So Belichick's only got, I mean, just being <clears> realistic, <throat> maybe five more years left in him. And if Mac Jones turns out to be the stud quarterback that they think he is, they're really setting Josh McDaniels up to succeed in the best way possible. You potentially have gotten him a franchise quarterback. You are training him under Bill Belichick and the rest of the roster. And obviously who knows Belichick better than uh, Josh McDaniels and potentially setting him up for the future. So I really think that there was, I, I saw some people say that, that, you know, if anything, there was a little bit of a, he won coach of the year last year. Kevin Stefanski did. He's this hot young new play caller. I'll show him how to play call how to call plays in the NFL. I really don't think that that's the case. I think it's honestly just that's New England. That's what they do. They would have run the score up on anybody. They they go out there. Bill Belichick shuts down your best stuff on either side of the ball. Um, which he
1: really he really didn't have to try this week. I mean, honestly, you yeah, could've... he didn't.
0: But I mean, a lot of it. My big thing too is made me a little nervous. <clears> is did he? How much in the head of Stefanski was he? Because our run game was dominant. We had sixty something yards on our first possession. On right, I
1: thought that was going to be the like a hell of a game that we're going to just gonna run the ball if down yours, the field. one job those. like
0: Nick Chubb light. I mean, there was we didn't skip a beat yeah. in the run game. I
1: just, I mean, that that first quarter, like watching him go down the field, I'm like, oh, this is easy. We're, we're getting chunk plays of, you know, five yards, seven yards, 10 yards, you know, and he's, he's breaking tackles and and moving himself up to field I'm like this. This could be just how this game's going to be. It's cold outside. They're just going to do, you know, hit uh, tough in the in the in the trenches type football. And that's how we're going to win this game. Baker doesn't have to do anything, which is great. You know, if we're going to rely 100 percent on our run game and our defense is going to show up like they did last week, this could be an easy win. And it looked like that for the first drive. And then it was all downhill from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, the Browns and the offense overall, on that opening scripted drive under Kevin Stefanski, lights out. You don't stop that. There's, there's almost – it's almost guaranteed we're, we're driving down and scoring points on our first drive. Um, after that, though, that was all she wrote. I mean, obviously we all saw the score 47, 45 to seven Browns never scored again after their opening possession. Uh, for whatever reason, Stefanski took away the run game. I definitely don't understand that. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. Internally with the team. You have. Miles Garrett, rightfully so calling out the coaching staff after the game and saying, we didn't make any adjustments, which it didn't look like it. Um, now, I'm a big defender of coaches where they can only put a guy on the field to do certain things. That's it. However, right. scheme is a huge factor, and obviously our scheme was doing nothing to disrupt the, the Patriots. I think uh, Mac Jones was like 23 of 19. The, he only had four incompletions. That's like a record uh, for rookie quarterbacks that throw like a certain amount of passes, so he set a record there. Uh, he was dropping dimes. I don't know if I was just wrong about my assessment of Mac Jones, because I really don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but he looked like he could, I mean, he could hit, he could throw it from midfield and hit a dime in the end zone perfectly. That's how good he was looking on on Sunday. Uh, just, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know if that's a tell on the, on the the Browns or if that was just Mac Jones is coming welcome to the NFL party in a sense. I'm not really sure, but, you know, it's one of those games you just have to get over it because this this is it. In my opinion, this Sunday marks the season. Uh, there's speculation currently. We'll go over, all, over everything when we break down the Detroit game coming up. But to me, this is the season. You lose this game, and obviously you have no chance because I, I, I've listened to a stat today where if we win on Sunday, our playoff chances are like 30-something percent, which is pretty good if we lose it goes down to like 13%. So you you basically are done. You have no shot. And stranger things have happened, but my big thing too is looking at the schedule. I don't think we have a shot in hell if we lose this game. This is the most winnable game on our schedule. And if you lose it that's it. Your season's over.
1: And there's a chance that we could lose it. I mean, Detroit didn't look like a like an easy team last week against the Steelers. Clearly they ended in a tie. But, I mean, this, this is, yes, a winnable game, but also a game that if we take any lightly like we have been the last couple games, we, we could get caught. And just how, how much of a Browns thing would it be uh, t- to lose to the only uh, winless team this season?
0: Well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll change the, uh, the setup of the show a little bit. Normally we save this till the end. We don't have to do predictions or anything, but we can break down the game on Sunday. Just because I, I really don't want to dwell too much on the Patriots game. It's water under the bridge. There was, there's so much, it seems like there's so much dysfunction in the organization right now. Um, We'll we'll talk a little bit about Jarvis Landry's comments. We'll talk a little bit about Baker's comments today, Uh, but some big news that came out today from both quarterbacks uh, of each team, Jared Goff missed practice. I believe his name is Tim Boyle is their backup. Never made an NFL start could potentially be in place to start. He took all the first team reps on our field. No Baker Mayfield. It was Case Keenum time at practice today. Uh, There's a legitimate chance we're going double backups on Sunday. And that really, really makes me nervous because, again, it's a must-win game. I have all the confidence in the world in Case Keenum doing just enough to win you the game. Nick Chubb is reportedly considered day-to-day right now. I assume he should be back on Sunday, you hope. He was vaccinated. He did test positive for COVID, but it was early in the week so he should be good to go considering how aaron rodgers was able to play and after missing only one game so you hope nick chubb's out there kareem hunt is officially ruled out so that's not good um, but if chubb's back it's okay we'll survive but that's the big thing is chubb going to be back and who's our quarterback going to be
1: yeah i i mean i'm okay with keenan playing especially in this game i mean if he is Absolutely. playing i would rather i would rather keenan play um, to be honest, I mean, Baker is, is every week he breaks a new part of his body. You know, it's like every week now it's his foot and then it was his knee and now, you know, obviously his shoulder still is, is the issue. It's, it's like every week he goes out he takes a big hit and it's like another new part of his body. I just wish, just shut him down like this season's a, is a wash and and just shut him down get the surgery just sit him out let's just play the rest of the year and do what we have to do and, and then go into the offseason and let's maybe make some splash trade to get a big quarterback in here um and and go from there you know what i mean so uh, i don't know it's just i'm okay with keenan playing but i'm just i'm kind of over the baker mayfield thing right now he he's, he doesn't have it he's he's a kid back there behind a big line trying to fi- find his way and um,
0: it's it's whatever if
1: keenan plays well this week I think they they need to stick with him the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, you know, I I agree completely. I mean, we are at the point where with Baker, he's coming out today. And I don't know if you heard his press conference at all, but he basically said that, you know, he's preparing to play. He's this is the most banged up he's ever been in his career, et cetera. So he's he's playing the tough guy card, which good for him. I get it. But fans need to be realistic and fans need to be a little more reasonable. Do you want to potentially win games and make the playoffs? Or do you want your quarterback to look like a tough guy for some sort of pride? Because that's kind of the situation we're faced with right now. <clears throat> you have Baker who right. could go out there. Sure. He could go out there and play the, the reports from Monday for the press conference, or I'm sorry for today, were he could barely walk. Just getting to the podium to do the press conference that he did today, they said he could barely walk. You want that guy to play your quarterback, to be your quarterback on Sunday? You want that to be the reason you lose the game to the Detroit Lions because your quarterback could barely walk, but he's so fucking prideful that he had to be in the game because there's a lot of Browns fans that are still diehard Baker supporters. And again, let's just clear the air with some things. I'm a diehard Browns fan, which means I want what's best for the Browns. That doesn't matter about the players. If that makes sense. Like I love everybody on the roster, but if there's somebody that's the weak link, I want to move on. If there's somebody that's costing us games, I want to move on. I've gotten into so many arguments and I'm, I'm I'm going into my 2022 New Year's resolution early and I'm going to stop arguing with Browns fans, not just Baker honks. This is just Browns fans in general. I'm no longer going to be arguing with them because they are just so irrational and moronic. And the argument that I was getting into with people is that Baker's on the Browns, so you should just love him anyway. As long as he's a Brown, you should be out there supporting him and rooting for him and blah, blah, blah that's not the case. I've learned that the hard way. There were so many bad players that I rooted for as a Browns fan girl for the last 20 years that I loved just because they were Browns fans. Right. Because I had I had Browns tinted glasses on as I watched every Sunday. I thought these guys were the greatest. And then I came to realize they were talentless bums and it's okay to accept that for your teams. And I'm not saying Baker's a talentless bum, but I am saying that it is okay to like you. It took you a few years. I, 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 I harped it every week. I was just negative about Baker and it seemed like I had a vendetta against him. And now finally people are starting to come around and go, I kind of see it now. He really isn't that good. He's just a good story. He was the first overall pick. He was a walk-on. He's this little guy. He, he's overcome so much. He's the Browns. He set a rookie record. We went to the playoffs, but now when you look at it, the grand scheme of things, you realize that that's kind of it. We've maybe already hit our plateau or our peak. I mean, and we're now plateaued right so i'm with you i think the future is with this super bowl window browns fans need to be realistic you need to look for a quarterback i won't even say don't get me wrong i would love aaron Rodgers, Deshaun watson russell wilson etc we'll get to that a little bit later because i have a little 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 scoop if you will not really anything you got some inside information
1: do you
0: a little bit um that was actually made public yeah. on the radio today. So it's not only my information, but I'll, we'll get to it. Okay. But, uh, but there are going to be some options. I mean, look at a team. What, what's funny to me are Browns fans are so cl- There's, they're so uh, traumatized by the past. They think because of the last 20 regimes or whatever, couldn't find a quarterback. They all sucked, They all got fired after one year, That that's just how it is. They think that's how football is supposed to be. So if we get rid of Baker, we will never find a quarterback again. Tony Rizzo went on a huge rant the other day on Monday, and he's one of the guys that defended Baker. He said, this guy plays for my team, so I love Baker. If we get rid of him, do you know what that's going to mean for this team? We're going to suck again. And everyone just acts like the whole world will collapse if we lose Baker Mayfield. Fun fact for everybody listening at home, we're 1-0 with Baker not starting this year, not saying Case Keenum is the future, but obviously, this team has talent enough to win with a different quarterback,
1: right? And that was without our that was and that was without our best best running backs back there. You know, without yeah. Hunt and Chubb too.
0: Our strongest asset was not on the field. We still won the game. Browns fans think if we lose Baker, it's <laughs> over. I get it. We'd all love a franchise quarterback, a legit superstar in Rogers, Watson, uh, uh, Wilson. But there are other options. The Patriots are my number one team to look at right now. They are sitting pretty as a legitimate playoff contender. They have a rookie quarterback. The Chargers have a second year quarterback and they're looking like a playoff team. It is possible to, to get a young quarterback and we'll worry about the draft another time. I won't even worry about the draft until the actual season ends, but I'm just saying that there are options. Cause the one big question I get from people are, if we get rid of Baker, who are you replacing him with? And then I give them a list of players. And then they all say, that guy has a no-trade clause. He'll never come here. You mean to tell me Deshaun Watson, a guy who is literally being forced to not play football on a team that could potentially have the number one pick in the draft, would rather be there than Cleveland, who just came off an 11-win season, who has Kevin, has Kevin Stefanski, has the best offensive line in football, arguably, arguably the best 1-2 running back punch in football, you mean to tell me a quarterback's going to look at that and go, no, 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 that's not for me. Why would I want that? Right. It's the the loser mentality that Clevelanders have that nobody will ever come here. Nobody wants to come here. We'll never win again. People need to get over that.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's the problem too, is the fact that people just get attached to a story. You know, I was, I was hooked to it as well. I'm a, I'm a Baker fan. Like I, I like Baker. I think Baker's a great, great, great guy. He's, he's been, he's been crucial, to this team and turning around a culture that was dead for a long time. I, I I do believe he had a great part in that, you know, he he's good at going and doing the raw, rah speeches in the sidelines and kind of his teammates come behind him because they have his back. And stuff. that's just kind of the guy he is. But when it comes to getting stuff done on the field, and I thought that this year, and that's why I defended him like, okay, everything that's happened in the past three years is out the window. He had multiple coaches Multiple offensive coordinators. You know, last year was his first year under Stefanski. He learned the system. Now, this year, it's a skyrocket to the moon. He's, he's, there's no excuses whatsoever. And I think we even talked about that before the season started, is when we both said there are zero excuses this year as to why this shouldn't work. And then now, 10 games into the season, wh- that's, that's it. That's not there. And that's why I'm like, all right, I'm done with it. You know, I'm done with the bullshit. I'm done with the excuses. Now it's time to, move forward and move on to someone else.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree completely. It's, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'm right there with you. There were so many excuses for the last few years. uh, Again, I broke it all down last year. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I, I mentioned how his rookie season, he broke that touchdown record, which was awesome, but his completion percentage was shit. His turnovers were shit, but it's okay. He was a rookie. I didn't care. We fired Hugh Jackson. We got rid of, uh, or we got Freddie Kitchens as the new head coach going into year two. This is it. This is the year. We have an offensive minded guy. We're going to light the world on fire. What did Baker do? Turned it over a shit ton. Again, you can blame Freddie Kitchens. That's fine. Turned it over a lot. Didn't play that great. We're blaming Kitchens. So year one, he's a rookie fired head coach year two. We're blaming Freddie Kitchens. That's fine. Year three, Kevin Stefanski. No excuses. Has a decent year. Overall, the numbers were not exciting. The second half, everyone wants to blame the Odell thing. I tried to explain to people, we had one of the easiest second half schedules in football. We played like seven out of nine teams that were picking in the top ten in the draft. All really bad teams. The, the better defenses, a team that had the number two overall pick, but they had a, shit, they had a pretty decent defense, were the New York Jets, and they shut right. Baker down last year. Browns mm-hmm. fans don't want to talk about that. They want to blame the weather. They blamed COVID for that game because we did have some guys out with COVID. But again, with the
1: entire team out with COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah. But again, it comes down to even this Sunday. I heard a guy on the radio today who, who brought up a really great point, And it's something that I agree with. He said, "Uh, I, I, I forgot who it was. It actually wasn't on the radio. It was somebody on ESPN. Uh, they played the clip on ESPN television. And he said this, I think it was Chris Broussard, actually. but I could be wrong, but either way. He brought up the going into Sunday's game against the Patriots, and he said, here's your shot with Baker Mayfield. Here is your franchise quarterback going into hostile territory without your your top running back. Win the game as a legitimate franchise quarterback, and he pissed down his leg. And that's what they said. They're like, you expect a franchise quarterback. You're missing your running back. That's fine. Put the game on the quarterback's shoulders. Win the game. You're a franchise quarterback. And I mean, nothing. how bad that was! How embarrassing, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing, though. That's I mean, that's the point. It's like when you when you need to like lean on Baker to make plays, and you're not asking you're not asking him to go out there and throw a 500 yard game. You're literally just asking him to control the game, be productive, make plays, get down the field, and and just and and make it so they're not just filling the box up. You want defenders to be able to back off that run game so you can run the ball still. And he couldn't do that, so they just loaded the box, knowing that Baker can't do shit. And then there you go.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, Baker is just not a threat as a passer. And, you know, it boils down to, as we were just saying, the excuses. Now the excuse this year, he's injured. But, I mean, at this point, you're in year four. And there were some other people that were talking on the radio today. I listened, obviously, I... I've I've listened to a lot this week so far to to get a get a grasp well, on how everyone thinks. Around before you go country.
1: into that, like I feel like our our team played so bad on on Sunday that a lot of the local news hosts have now started talking about draft picks. It's like it's like deja vu. We're back in 2019 again, <laughs> or 18 again.
0: <laughs> I mean, realistically, they're not that far off because I know I know. As I said last week, I I, I think the Browns' season is just about over. You even said it a little bit before, uh, as we started today. Um. Even winning against Detroit, you then go you go back to back against Baltimore. You you have the Raiders, who maybe you could win that game. I don't think you win in Green Bay. You have to play the Bengals again, the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Like to me, I, I mean, you need probably at, at a five and five team currently. I think you need at least ten wins to make the playoffs, and that's being generous. Minimum ten wins. Last year we barely got in with eleven, and the AFC is all up and down. It's really fucked up but eventually some teams are going to start to pull away and the Browns need to be one of them. And I don't really think their schedule dictates dictates being one of those teams to pull away. Yeah.
1: Honestly, if you're looking at the remaining schedule, I mean, I'm, I'm finding it very hard to find four, five wins maybe. So Detroit, yes, possibly Baltimore. I don't see us winning either one of those Baltimore games, even with the bye week in between there. I don't see it happening. You know, Vegas. to no, we have it's be we a tw-
0: consistently struggled against Baltimore, and yeah, even if you want to say maybe the defense shows up one of those games, it's I can't even. I'm not even that confident in them because of how Jekyll and Hyde the defense has been. You saw what they did against Joe Burrow last week, and then you see what they did against a rookie the week next, the next week. I mean, that's right. night and day difference. You're shutting down the number one pick in the draft, a p- potential like no brainer number one pick. Elite quarterback in the future, in the making, in Joe Burrow, who was having a hell of a season, and that offense was explosive. And you go up against a pretty mundane, very physical team in in New England, but just nothing special. And you let Mac Jones look like—I mean, better than Tom Brady. He looked like the best quarterback we've ever faced.
1: Right, the the way he was passing the ball, is touching the ball. I mean, we—he honestly looked like a a, we had no answer for anything. We couldn't stop the run game.
0: We couldn't stop Mac Jones. Our defense just did not show up. And again, that's not the first time they've done that this year. We, we gave up a shitload of points to the Chargers, to the Chiefs. We were on pace, and I, I'm on record with this. I think we lose that game against the, uh, the Texans if, if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get out, doesn't get hurt. Right. So no, sure, our defense couldn't stop Tyrod Taylor for fuck's sake. I don't think we're stopping Lamar Jackson two, two weeks in a row. No, and that's the thing. So,
1: so just say we beat Detroit or lose to Baltimore. I only see us winning Detroit, maybe, maybe Vegas, and maybe Pittsburgh. I do not see us beating Green Bay or Cincy at all because I think Cincy is going to play well against us in the last game of the season because they're going to be playing for. Well, they're also going to be playing for a potential playoff spot too. Like they want to try to get a better record. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, and so it's going to be meaningful to them. And at that point, we're going to be so out of it. We're not going to fucking care. So I just, I don't see, I see maybe three more wins if we're lucky. And that puts us at what? Eight, eight, nine. And what? Eight, nine. There you
0: go. Boom. There you go, people. There's your Cleveland Browns for the year. Thank God for that 17th game. We don't even get to finish 500. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's where I'm at too. I mean, I really just think the season's kind of over. I hate to say it. I hate to admit defeat, but uh, just really nothing positive to come away from that game because if that's if that's the tape that's out on this team and that's the heart that that team gives in a, in a big game, I mean, there's nothing there. It's over.
1: At least we got the Cavs, um, but they're getting their ass kicked right now, yeah. too. So.
0: Speaking <laughs> of injuries, <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen a team this banged up before. I mean, I feel so bad. I'm watching the game myself. Uh, Cavs are currently down by 11 to the Nets in the first quarter. And I'm honestly shocked it's not more. Kevin Love just drained a three a couple minutes ago. So that's the only thing keeping us in it because we are without – let me just think of. I'm going to try to go off the top of my head because there are so many injuries to go over. Chetty I know. It's like the, three.
1: the last week was, God, horrible for this team. So we
0: lose Colin Sexton to a knee sprain. He is potentially they, – they don't even give a timetable on that. So I'm expecting at least a month minimum.
1: Who was that? I'm sorry you cut off there. Who was that?
0: Oh, sorry. Colin Sexton.
1: Oh, sorry. you right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the knee sprain, he's out at least a month, so we lose him. Jared Allen currently is battling an illness, so he's out. This is his second game in a row that he's going to miss. Who else? Uh, At the end of the game on Monday against the Celtics, Evan Mobley hurt his elbow. He is out Uh, just a week.
1: that that sucks, man. I'm
0: like, oh, no. (laughs) Kevin Love just got hit in the face. Hopefully it's not as bad as he's pretending it is, because we just got him back. We can't really afford to lose him. Um. Look at that gray hair on that guy, man. He's getting old. He's aged quickly overnight. <laughs> uh, and I think I think that's it. I think we got everybody else. I mean, big names and Laurie Martin is still out. He should. But be those back are those you.
1: are people who are such game changers. Mobley and and um, what's his face? The center. And I brain fart right now. Um, Jared Allen. Allen, yeah, those two right there. Those that's what makes up our team line. I mean, that, that's the team that run. They run through them. You know, that's what's we're playing. We're playing a seven-foot-type basketball this year, and that's what's winning these games, the defense, the rebounds. And with those guys out, this, as you can see, Brooklyn's just going to run all over us probably.
0: Yeah, I believe our starting five would typically be, um, whether you agree with it or not, because I'm with you, I think Sexton should come off the bench. But whether you agree with it or not, the starting five is or was uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Three yeah, of our five star- I'm sorry, big four of our five starters are out.
1: Oh, we at least we got Taco Fall. I mean, that's a
0: He's about to he's <laughs> checking in.
1: That dude's huge.
0: <laughs> he really is, but unfortunately he's very unathletic and it's gonna be ugly here when he comes into the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, no, you're yeah right. I
1: mean I mean that's this is a bad stretch for them to get hurt because I, I, like most people, probably wanted to see how they did against these teams healthy because I feel that they could take some of these games from Brooklyn, from the Suns, from who else are they playing? they're playing? playing another good team, I think, tomorrow, too, aren't Golden they? Golden State. Golden State. I, I think they could have won one or two of these games, and then people would be like, oh, shit, the Cavs. They're kind of legit now, huh? But now it's going to be like, sh- we're just going to get railroad." I think we're going to go 0-4 against these games, these teams.
0: Yeah, this looks back – this takes me back to – you know, a couple of years ago after LeBron left where you're watching it and you're going, who the fuck is this guy? Cavs are getting blown out. That's kind of what I'm expecting for the next week or two. It's unfortunate, but our schedule is just so damn tough. It's really a shame that we're not facing some easier opponents. I mean, kudos to the Cavs. They, they held their own against Boston on Monday night, uh, you know, shorthanded again, huge comeback win for them on Saturday against Boston. But then they just didn't have it, didn't have it in them to do it twice in a row. But tonight, that was a fun it's, game to watch. Yeah, tonight's looking like it might get out of hand, but you never know. I mean, they're they're holding in, but I know Rubio
1: Rubio might come out big here today. Who knows? He's having or trying to have a, a force some shots up there. there yeah, he's doing
0: okay. My thing is just I don't I don't see us being able to stop the Nets and keep up with them because they're they're just so fucking good. I mean, the mm-hmm. firepower they have.
1: <clears throat>
0: so but hey, that's one team. We,
1: that's one team we can be excited about,
0: though. At least the Cavs are fun, kind
1: kind of fun to watch. You know
0: the Cleveland guardians become official Monday morning. I don't know if you saw that press release, but they officially, I wish,
1: I wish they would release the money. I want to know what the money is that they're paying.
0: I'm sure it'll come out. Eventually somebody has to leak it. I'm assuming it has, it would have to be like done officially. So there are going to be people that see it, but maybe the, I don't know. Maybe it'll be like a contract, the Um, most
1: well-funded roller derby team, roller roller derby team
0: ever. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe there's like an NDA on it or something. Who knows? Hmm. But uh, yeah, they officially become the Cleveland Guardians Monday morning, 9 a.m. It's official.
1: Are you going to be standing in line for your swag?
0: Yeah, I can't fucking wait. I wish I I should go and protest like (laughs) I was a Native American towards the Indian name because of how ugly the merch is. I'm going to go protest.
1: I can't believe this entire feedback they've gotten from everyone in the public that they wouldn't have adjusted anything when it comes to the design or the trade or anything like that. No, they're sticking with it. In true fashion. They're going to ride it out. Fuck what anybody else thinks, I guess.
0: I mean, we said it when when they first released it how ugly it was that, you know, I was I was literally baffled that they paid a company or whoever the designer to come up with that idea and they they settled on it. That was a truly just I, I I'm baffled that that was their decision. And now it's it. This is this is the time. They're they're going to be putting it out.
1: They listened to no one from Cleveland. that That's what it shows, is that they took no one's opinion because there were some really cool mock-ups you know, that were out there before they officially gave their actual logo. There were some really cool mock-ups of what the Guardians could be, the, the design and stuff like that. No, none of it. None of it was taken into consideration. Nope, we just go with this ugly-ass Guardians word and and that weird-ass G with the baseball, whatever they're throwing. It's just it's ugly.
0: Yeah, you know, if you didn't hate the Dolans before – Here's just another reason of how they don't give a fuck about the fans. When you come up with these shitty, ugly, like, I, 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 I have yet to meet a person that's like, yeah, they're not bad. I would wear that. Honestly, God, not one person has actually said anything positive about it.
1: I just can't wait to opening game next year when we're all there with Indian shit on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to be that guy because, uh, you know, I watch the show Yellowwood now, so, or, uh, Yellowstone, so I, I understand the Native American culture. But I'm still wearing my Indian stuff. Sorry. Yeah,
1: I'm. I mean, th- that entire stadium or is going to be filled with Indian shit. I. It's going to be rare to see anyone wearing Guardian stuff. I guarantee it.
0: I personally, this is just my opinion on the matter. I. I don't see Indians as offensive, like Redskins. No. I get Redskins. That I totally understand that one. Indians, I kind of feel was more so like it just paid homage, and obviously we know the story behind it. How it was actually named that because of a Native American player. Um, so there's there's legitimate history with that name. I don't agree with the people that would go to the games dressed with a headdress on and right. That's over red. I get that. That's yeah. that's too far to me. That's no different than going blackface. So like, wait a minute. Black
1: games, blackface is a bad thing.
0: Yeah. It just as of last month. Um,
1: okay. I thought so. I didn't know there's <laughs> yeah. started. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, so, like, I I disagree with that entirely. But, yeah, I'm I'm not getting rid of my hats that have Chief Wahoo on it. I will continue to wear those. My hats, I I got them in the 2016 season when we actually made the playoffs and the World Series. I bought both versions of the hat with the Wahoo on it. I got the one that says postseason and the one that says World Series. I wear the World Series hat to every game I go to. I love it. I'm proud that I was an Indians fan. I got to see that. It's a shame that we lost. But I'm happy about that time. So I will always wear that hat. And then I have a Carlos Bayerga jersey. He played for the Indians. I can't get a Carlos Bayerga Guardians jersey. That doesn't make sense. So I will have to continue to wear Indian stuff. As, or, yeah, Indians, because <laughs> besides Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber, there's really nobody I'd ever even think about getting a jersey for on this current team.
1: Do you think they're ever going to get to a point where they like start like saying, like we would we, like you not to wear that to a game?
0: I don't think so, because I don't think – I could be mistaken. I'm, I really don't know. Do the Redskins, have they done that? Did they not allow Redskin gear into their their stadium?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I just so I don't know sure if either. it's going so to.
0: That's, that's, that's a good question. I have I to look it up. Say, I was going to say no, I don't think they would. But then I have to look and see, does Washington do that? Because if they do, then that's kind of like, all right, they're setting a precedent. Maybe you can do that. But I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm still gonna wear Indian stuff no matter what. So, and we'll we'll be down there for opening day next year, like we always are, going to the game. or yeah, not I mean, going to the game, wrong. but if
0: they, if they ban it from the stadium and like they make a big deal about people showing up in Indian stuff, I have plenty of other Indians clothes I can wear um, that doesn't say Indians honor or have Chief Wahoo. If they if they went that far, but I really don't think that they will. <clears throat> Because also, like I said, if you show up with a headdress, if you show up with your face painted red, especially at this point, you really are just doing it to be a piece of shit troll because they're not even named the Indians anymore. So if you were doing it because they're the Indians, that's fine. Wearing stuff to me is a different story. Wearing a jersey or a hat, not that big of a deal.
1: Right. Agree. Very much agree.
0: Uh, sticking with baseball really quick, we're getting a couple guys under contract here. I just saw Justin Verlander agrees to stay with the Astros for $25 million. Uh, Thor, Noah Syndergaard, he signed a – I think it was like a $2 million deal with the Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, so he's leaving the Mets. He's heading to um, the Bay Area. He's going to the Angels, which is
1: that one? Kind of did that one, surpri- that one surprised me a little bit. I, I guess maybe I wasn't watching baseball as closely, but I, I guess when I saw that yesterday, I'm like, well, why? What? I can't believe the Mets didn't keep them or whatever, try to keep them at least.
0: Um, Well, based on my New York fans, uh, my New York fan friends, the issue there is Thor has just not been healthy. I think he's played only a few games over the last couple of years. I think they're kind of not sick of him, but it's one of those things. It was like the Corey Kluber situation of like, you were great. We had great moments, but you can't stay on the field. So if if somebody else is willing to pay you, by all means, we'll see you later.
1: Um, (laughs) That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I, I just caught me off guard. But, I mean, that's going to be an interesting um, pitching rotation they have out there now.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he can stay relatively healthy, I mean, I, I'm not banking on it because a lot of times with pitchers, when, when they start having these injuries and these chronic issues, they don't get better. And, I mean, that's been the biggest issue with the Angels in Generals. They signed Mike Trout to that huge contract to keep him. They got Shohei Otani. And they have yet to really do anything with it. I mean, Otani's probably going to win AL MVP. I don't even know if that's come out yet. I know they're doing some awards. Uh, I know Cy Young just got announced tonight, at least for the National League.
1: American League got announced too, I believe. Um, oh, it did? Okay. I honestly yeah. Paid was it – who is it? Uh, Robbie Ray, it looks like. No, Robbie. I'm sorry. Yeah, Robbie Ray. Oh, shit. Is that correct? Am I reading that right?
0: I don't know. I uh, saw the guy from the Brewers, uh, Burns. He won the NL Cy Young.
1: Let's see, yeah, I know Robbie Ray, yeah, Robbie Ray, like from he, Toronto,
0: and yeah, Corbin Burns,
1: so, <clears> yeah, Robbie Ray things. had 29. 20 is interesting because then I'm, I'm on ESPN and it breaks it down by votes. So, Robbie Ray had 29 first place votes and one second place vote, and then Garrett Cole had one first place vote and 29. But when you look at the um, the uh, whatchamacallit, the National League, it's so much closer than what than american league it's like uh corbin burns had 12 first place votes and 14 second place zach wheeler also had 12 first place votes but only second nine second place votes so based on the amount of votes that went towards burns he got the first place which is interesting to me that's crazy how close it was yeah
0: definitely a much much tighter race in the national league as you can see from the standings uh garrett cole to me he unfortunately was one of the uh he was a, a victim to the sticky stuff that they, they figured out because Garrett Cole's numbers, he, he, his entire game dramatically just disappeared as soon as they banned the sticky substances and started checking the pitchers. Garrett Cole couldn't play. That's when Shane Bieber got hurt. That's when uh, – what the hell is the other guy's name? The, uh, the dominant pitcher for the Mets, not Thor, the other guy. Uh, um, DeGrom. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom. He was another one that he uh, he was dominant, lights out, arguably best pitcher in baseball, record-setting pitcher. Then they banned the sticky stuff. He all of a sudden starts to get some injuries, and he's done for the year. So it was really weird how that happened, but obviously you can see the guys that got affected and the guys that did not. And it's safe to say that um, – what the hell is this name? Um, Garrett Cole definitely got affected by it. To get even get one first-place vote is kind of surprising.
1: Right, yeah, right, exactly. <clears throat> but there you go. I mean, that's. I mean, next year's going to be even. They're going to crack down even more next year on that shit. I'm really curious to see the entire full season of these pitchers who threw that wicked breaking ball. How they're going to do all next year? You know, it's going to be very uh, up uh, up for grabs for most people for next year for the Cy, Cy Young award.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it hit us in two ways. I think. I mean, you saw Shane Bieber get hurt, and a lot of people say that's because losing that sticky stuff means the pitchers have to change their motion and all that kind of stuff and it fucks up their mechanics and it causes injury and it worked it happened like clockwork with shane bieber next thing you know james Karinchek couldn't fucking couldn't strike anybody out couldn't do anything he just gave up home runs left and right he actually got sent down to the minors all after the sticky stuff got banned so it's really weird the timing of that It, it definitely hurt the indians in a couple ways but we'll see what happens so do you going think Shane Bieber
1: Shane Bieber is a product of that stuff? Or do you think he's not going to be uh, good going forward next year or anything?
0: Uh, tough to say. I mean, I, I honestly didn't really get to see him pitch after they banned it. So I would love that. I would hope that he's going to be fine. But I really haven't had a chance to see him without it. So I'm hoping that he's going to be the same pitcher. But I also hope that he wasn't a product of the substance. So really, only time's going to tell. I have to see him without it. Um, right. I'm sure he's got amazing um accuracy and everything but it's just the movement that you get it's so different without that so i'm curious to see how he plays
1: i wonder what other product they're going to try to sneak in as a uh, um as a replacement for the sticky substance that goes under the radar for a while
0: yeah i'm not sure all right so we'll move on from baseball. Like I said, a couple a couple signings, nothing too crazy as of yet. I'm still expecting there to be a strike coming up. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's December 1st is the, the rumored date. All right. As per always, we will break down the last week of the NFL. Starting with last Thursday night, a game that I think most everybody, probably if you picked them, you got eliminated from your survivor pool because Baltimore did not show up against the Miami Dolphins. Now, I don't want to discredit the Dolphins. I've talked them up a lot over the last year. You know my stance. I really like Brian Flores as a coach. I just think he was kind of dealt a, a shitty hand when they took Tua. Was that his decision? I hope not, but who knows? They're definitely an underachieving team, but then they go against Baltimore on a Thursday night, and they look like the steel curtain monsters of the midway lights out defense they shut Baltimore down I mean it was it was crazy I have, I can't recall the last time I saw I've seen Baltimore look that bad and Lamar the Jackson de- just not be able to move
1: the defense that they were running against him against that team against um, Jackson was spot on like that's that's the playbook of of beating that team just the defenses and the blitzes they were running
0: yeah it was crazy because I mean I've said it before Uh, as you know, I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson fan. He's fun to watch, sure. He's athletic, sure. However, teams figure him out so quickly in the playoffs, and it's been, you know, two, three years in a row now, I think it's been, because he went his rookie season. He went to the playoffs. Um, He just gets figured out. Teams can run a really good defense against them, and they basically shut Baltimore's offense down, and that's with healthy running backs. He did that to them with Mark Ingram on the field. He did that to them with, or teams have done that, with J.K. Dobbins on the field, et cetera. Now you're doing it against Lamar Jackson. No offensive line. No name backup running backs for the most part. And a pretty decent supporting cast of receivers, I'll give them that. I mean, you have Sammy Watkins. You have Hollywood Brown. You have Rashad Bateman. You have Mark Andrews, who's one of the best tight ends in football. That passing game should not be as bad as it is. So if I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, I kind of think that's why they haven't given Lamar Jackson a contract yet. I think they will eventually because that's one of those you really can't walk away from a guy who's won an MVP, who's taken in the playoffs every year. But they're kind of in a similar situation as the Browns where they're not seeing the return on the talent that's there. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Lamar Jackson gets his numbers, but he just plays like such a backyard football player. There's no consistency. He has no patience in the pocket.
1: He has no patience in the pocket. He hikes the ball and before even giving it to a three-set count three second count, he's already trying to find a way to run out of that pocket. You know, instead of giving it a chance to give like one, two, three, and then throw the ball, he's just looking for a way to run the ball. And that's that's you're right. That's what's causing his problems right now.
0: Yeah, and he just doesn't look like he he pan I won't say he panics because he's very, very calm with the ball. He's under control when he's scrambling around like that, but it just doesn't make for good consistent football when you do that because you can design a route to blue in the face as a as a coordinator. You can run a play and practice a thousand times, but in the game you might not be up against that defense that you practice against. So everything falls apart. Don't get me wrong. They find success. He manages to scramble around and guys kind of create their own routes and it ends up being extremely successful. So more power to them, but.
1: Wait a minute. Receivers cannot create their own routes. if you not learned that they have to stick to the
0: plan? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I think it's allowed in Baltimore I also think that's a, uh, I think that's a cop-out for Baker supporters in Cleveland with Odell um, I, I, I heard that a lot over the week of, of since the Browns released him of you know oh, I, Odell was running doing his own thing out there on the field my first thought when I heard that and I'll ask you the question because sure this, this is just my thought you Personally, do you really think Kevin Stefanski's offense is not structured to a T to where he would not bitch out Odell for doing that? Do you think Odell would start every week if he were going rogue? You don't think uh, Kevin Stefanski and and the offensive coaches would have sat Beckham down and explained to him how he cannot do that? I think everything he did was basically what he was supposed to be doing.
1: Well, here's here's my thought. I think, and I think we talked about this last week, is I said – the the difference with is i don't think i don't think Odell was going rogue that's the thing i think Odell was running the route that he was supposed to run but the difference with Odell is sometimes he'd try to do a little bit extra at the end just to get a little more like free like a little more open you know and that and, that, and most quarterbacks love that most quarterbacks can work with that but when you're a Baker Mayfield and you're trained to drop back and you're looking at one side of the field and you know to put the ball right there and if if Odell is trying to do the extra steps to get open, and you're you're already throwing the ball before Odell even turns around to look where the ball is going, then that's the issue. And that's not a that's not an Odell issue. That's Odell doing Odell things. That's just a way that Baker is is told to play football. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the best way I can explain it. Um, but no, most quarterbacks would be okay with that. Most quarterbacks can wait that extra second or read and say, "I'm gonna okay. I see he's gonna do that. I'm gonna put it over here now." You know what I mean? But I, I just think that it's not Odell going rogue because he's not like he's doing a post route, but then he's running a streak down the field. That would be going rogue. I think the thing is is that he's just doing a little bit extra to try to give himself more, more breathing room. And that's what's through that. W- that's what threw Baker off just because Baker's such a, like a, a robot. He has to have it right there at the same time where it's not going to work.
0: No, I agree completely. I just, what I noticed were a lot of Browns fans that definitely had some sour grapes. They, they hate Odell now that he's no longer a Brown and they're now trying to dig up things that they hated about him and how, why would he, why was he doing this and that? Um, But my thing was, yeah, a lot of fans were coming out and basically, they were basically trying to insinuate that Odell wasn't running his proper routes. And that's why he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. Right. And that's, and it's like, no, I agree with you. If, if a quarterback extends a play or if a quarterback has to roll out to the other side where he's not supposed to be the wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera, they all start to kind of move around a little bit because you want to make yourself open for your quarterback. That's just football. Right. So I agree with you hundred percent on all that. I just saw there were a lot of Browns fans and like, you know, calling into radio shows that were all of a sudden saying like, oh yeah, well, Odell was running his own routes out there and this and that. And then my first thought was, There's no way Kevin Stefanski would tolerate that. There's absolutely no fucking way that that was happening, right? So I just want to get that off my chest. Yeah, no, absolutely, because had sour grapes.
1: No, I don't think anything like that. I think bake. I think Odell knew the route to run. I think Odell is just professional enough and a good enough receiver that he's like, you know, if I rub him a little bit differently or, or push off or or move like a couple feet this way, then I can get myself more open in case I do catch the ball and I get more downfield running ability. You know what I mean? And I think that's just how he is his receiver. And I think Jarvis Landry, honestly, is the same way too. Jarvis does oh, that same sure. thing sometimes. But for some reason, it, with Landry, maybe it's not as much as Odell was, but Landry does the same things too, where he does a little bit treading himself more open. And that's just who it is, but I mean, I don't know. It, it is what it is. He's not here anymore. Again, there's another excuse eliminated from the Browns. I mean, and yeah, we, we're what supposed happens. to be
0: a Super Bowl team as soon as he's off the roster.
1: Yep, that worked out. It worked we out for the Bengals it. game. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. But then now we're back to reality. So,
0: yeah, that was just you know another thing. Like we'll 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 go from Thursday night to Monday night. We'll we'll bookend our our football, football oh, okay. breakdown. Sandwich so it. we had the Rams against the Niners. Everyone and their brother picked the Rams to win that game. Although when we did pick it, Robert Woods still had an ACL intact. Um,
1: yeah. What, what do we, do? we check on Odell's dad? Are you sure he didn't like a uh, kneecap him or something?
0: Yeah. What was uh, chipper made the joke on Saturday night, Tanya Harding. Oh yeah. It's, um, just, it's just
1: funny how that worked out.
0: <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. But like, that was another thing I saw with Browns fans immediately. Uh, two passes into the career of, a, of being a Ram Matthew Stafford through an interception on an Odell route. They were obviously not on the same page.
1: Oh, I absolutely made a joke. Cause I thought it was hilarious. Never did. I think that it was on purpose. I'm just right. saying that it it's I would, just yeah, funny I was say,
0: make, making a joke, but there were other <laughs> people that legitimately were saying like, well, there's the Odell effect in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> he's going to ruin the, the Rams. And, like, people act like he's just this horrible person. I
1: just thought um, it was perfect timing that, of course, on the second or third play of the, of the game, uh, the ball goes deep to Odell, and Odell's looking left, and the ball's going right, and it's an interception. It's like, oh, here we go. Of course it's an interception.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is where I showed my maturity on Twitter because, again, there were other people that legitimately were posting about it as if it was a – like. Odell ran the wrong route because he's doing his own thing. Stafford threw the pick because of Odell. Like they were just hundred percent blaming Odell for that situation. Oh, that's and that's why I put on
1: next day. I put free Odell again. Cause I just, yeah. again, it's funny,
0: <laughs> but yeah, there are legitimate Browns, the Browns fans that legitimately think that, you know, Odell caused all that, but it's like, he was there for three days. This isn't mad. And it takes so much time. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, reps with your quarterback in order to get all that figured out. So no yeah, they got a they bye week. They they got a bye week, I think. Not they this, do not
1: not this week but the week after. So that's gonna come at a perfect time for that no, team. No, it,
0: it is this week.
1: Oh, is it? Okay, well there you go. Yeah, so it's the perfect time for them to uh, to to run and get it together. So coming out then they should all be on the same page.
0: Absolutely or at least as close as it you know, a little bit better than three days of, of practicing together. So I mean that obviously the entire game is a shit show. But the other funny thing to me is it just shows that bronze fans don't typically not you. I don't mean you, but Browns fans don't typically watch other teams' games because if they would have watched the Titans Rams game the week before, Matt Stafford was a turnover machine. Beckham wasn't even on the team yet; he wasn't even signed, and he looks the same way the next. Yeah, week what's what's going, going on so with down. him?
1: What's going on with that team right now? Stafford just has that doesn't have it together right
0: now. No, they're going through a weird rut with McVeigh and everything. They really just can't get an identity. But I, I mean, not to make excuses because I mean it's the NFL. Next man up. I don't, I don't listen to any of that, but you have – in the preseason, you lost your starting running back for the year. You just lost your wide receiver for the year. You've lost your rookie wide receiver, Tutu Atwell. He's out for the year. Uh, Cooper Cup's dominating. Matthew Stafford started off white hot. Now I think teams are just kind of starting to figure it out. Like, we'll, we'll give you, you know, Cooper Cup these little dink and dunk passes. We don't care. But we're going to shut everything else down, and it's definitely causing disruptions for Stafford and for that entire Rams offense. So Especially the over-the-top
1: are... passes that they've been used to getting. They're not oh, there
0: anymore. There's no deep ball for them. It's literally just underneath stuff to Cooper Cup. Give him 13 catches a game. Let him get 100 yards. And as it's shown, the Rams get blown out. So it's not doing anything good for him. Uh So, yeah, so that was Monday night. The Odell Beckham-Los Angeles Rams experiment is officially underway. Back to Sunday.
1: Well, we'll go back to Monday real quick. Did you watch the Manning
0: cast Monday? Uh, I watched bits and pieces. I'm not gonna lie, I missed most of it because I forgot that it was on. I was watching the regular cast.
1: The uh, Phil Mickelson part. I don't know if you're you're probably not you're not a golf fan, obviously, but I thought it was great. Um, Just again, the other thing about this is the fact that, like, I think Phil asked Peyton. He's like, "Can you, Peyton? Can you walk me through as a quarterback when you're coming up to the line? What are you looking for? What are you reading? What are you trying to understand?" And so like Peyton went on like a, I think a five or six minute under like explanation of what he would do as he comes out of the huddle up to the line, what he's looking at, what he assumes, if the defense is in this, this is what he's doing. And honestly, that, that 10 minutes of TV was so amazing to me just to listen to him break down a defense. He goes, and I'm doing all that in five seconds, six seconds. He goes, and then I make an audible if I need to. And then this is what I'm looking for. Once I once once the, the ball's hiked. And it's just crazy to listen to that. And it just goes to speak to, I mean, quarterbacks, man, just the, the mindset of a quarterback is amazing to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that goes to show you like the smarts that a quarterback has to have because that goes a long way with playing football. You, I, you know, there's big the arguments of people that say, you know, that they, they, they got mad at me because I, I wanted Baker to play better. And they said, we don't need a guy thrown for 5,000 yards, this and that. And I understand, I'm not saying that, but it does also just show you that you can, there's a special level of, of intelligence and I'm not knocking Baker and saying he's not, I'm sure he's equally as smart uh, or at least close to as a quarterback, but there's such a different level of just, you can't look at stats. You can't just look at their college years. You can't look at a, one game, one week. There's so much depth to, being a great quarterback and i wish i would have seen that honestly i'm actually googling it right now i'd like to watch that
1: yeah this i mean i think it's uh i mean you can it's phil mickelson the part that just says uh maybe google uh peyton explains defense or whatever but it's really a good five six minutes worth of tv to watch it's crazy
0: <clears throat> was it happened did it happen to be part of the uh asking him what omaha was
1: that was i think that was before or after one okay, of the so that two was a separate
0: entity kind maybe of. the Omaha okay. thing was just yeah, funny because
1: he's, he's just like no it really means nothing I just said it and sometimes when I said Omaha I was kind of like just hurry up uh, I'm calling I'm calling hike here soon type thing that's all it really meant so <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome I, I love as I said last week when we were talking to Chipper um I absolutely love the Manning cast. You, I, I learned so much from listening to good quarterbacks like that break shit down. I think it's amazing. So I'm happy that they, they do that.
1: They, they did have Al Michaels on this past Monday too, which is interesting because Al Michaels was a Monday night host for like 16, 17 years. And yeah, he was Al, with Madden. Al Michaels uh called a, a, a touchdown play. I think the play that, um, um i forget that san francisco scored he actually called it like he was a, a host on monday night football again and they were talking I was, I was reading an article this week that they said watch out who who would la- who would laugh if the madding cast took over as the main like show cast of monday night football because of how popular it's getting with all these guests and all those other certain things and To be honest, I think I that's all I watch now is the Madden cast on Monday Night Football because I don't care about the games. You know, I just want to I want to see all this cool insight stuff that they have and the guests and the talk guests and stuff like that. But it was really interesting and I'm like and someone's like, Well, is Al Michaels gonna get sued for that or whatever? And someone's like, it's Al Michaels. no one can touch him.
0: Yeah, especially somebody connected to the NFL is not gonna go after Al Michaels, who's the (laughs) face of NFL commentary. Right. I uh (laughs) I'll fully admit that I definitely missed the Manning cast because I was cooking on Monday night and okay. I, I'm weird. I'm the kind of person that I do. I can't, I don't like silence. So if I'm cooking or if I'm showering, whatever, I have something playing, whether it's a show I'm playing on my computer in the background, whether it's music or a podcast, I always have something going. So on Monday, this is how ridiculous I am. I'm cooking food. I have my laptop on the counter playing an episode of Yellowstone. And okay. I have my phone playing the football game with no sound on ESPN's app. So I was watching two things at once and cooking on Monday. Jesus and, uh, overload. ADHD. That's why I forgot the Manning cast was on because I was just like, fuck it. I just want to see the, the live game action. I can't hear it anyway. So I was just watching the game. And then by the time I realized the Manning cast was on, it was already after halftime. And I was like, well, at this point, they've already gotten all the good shit out of the way. They're not going to talk about anything new. So. And the game right. was a blowout. So I, I gave up. But. Yeah, that's why I missed it. I was a little, I was multitasking. Well, when we're
1: done with this, go back and Google and watch it. You'll like it. You'll get, you'll get pride out. You'll like it a lot.
0: Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, then we'll get to Sunday. The Bills bounce back after that shit game. They got that bad taste out of their mouth against the Jaguars. They blew out the Jets, 45 to 17. We'll get to it a little bit later. But the Jets have given up on the Mike White experiment. Joe Flacco getting the start on Sunday officially. Hell yeah uh washington football team upsets the buccaneers did not see that one coming didn't watch it so i don't really know what happened it just looked like the buccaneers had an extremely off game which is rare or weird because i i think if i'm not mistaken they're coming off a bye week so they had two weeks to prepare for the washington football team and they laid an egg so Chase,
1: chase chase young man torn acl out for the season
0: yeah that's a huge bummer you never like to see you know a, a good, defense, a good player in general. You hate to see injuries, and B, an ex-Ohio State player. Definitely sucks. He uh, wasn't having a good year. The only silver lining to this was he was having a bad year, so hopefully he's 100% for next season. He's right around that time frame of being ready by training camp, so we'll That's see how good. his recovery process goes. We wish him nothing but the best, but definitely a bummer. The Falcons. Laid an egg against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas's defense did not fuck around. They win forty-three to three. Atlanta needs to get that out of their minds because they quickly play again tomorrow night against, uh, I would say a better version of Tom Brady and the Patriots after what Mac Jones looked like on Sunday. So they have their hands. Wow. Full no, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it, but I heard. I heard there were some questionable penalties by the against the saints in their two point loss to the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. I didn't see it, but I heard there were very questionable calls. Sean Payton was pissed um, at this point. Since I didn't see it, it kind of seems like it happens a lot to the saints. So that kind of, it makes me wonder, are they legit? Are the saints really getting hosed by the refs or is Sean Payton, just kind of a crybaby? Since I didn't see it, I'm not going to say anything, but it does seem to only happen to the saints more than anybody.
1: A lot of the bigger ones always seem to happen against the Saints. Like a lot of the, like what the fuck moments. You're right. You bring that up. It's
0: last like, couple I'll give them years. It, I, definitely... I watched that playoff game a few years ago where there should have been the pass interference call. Complete bullshit by the refs. I I stand with the Saints on that one.
1: But on Sunday, do you think, do you, think it's I the, anything the to do with uh, the the uh, bounty gate a couple years ago and shit like that?
0: I mean that. I also could see it was you know one bad pl- call by the ref cost them a playoff game which was huge don't get me wrong there there's no forgiving that however the way sean payton overdid it and like they changed the rule they let you challenge uh penalties uh pass interference penalties they really went above and beyond to trying to act like they were remedying the situation which they really didn't i mean i don't think anybody ever won a pass interference challenge in football when they when they let you do it uh so that was a big waste but it looks like this is the ref's way of kind of saying like "fuck you" to Sean Payton. Like, they're going to keep giving him bad calls because now he can't even challenge them. So, I don't know. It's one of those like he 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 poked the hornet's nest a little bit, and I think he's learning the hard way. <laughs> but he's got a Super Bowl ring, so fucking
1: <laughs> right. Can't take that. So away. I feel.
0: Yeah, I don't feel bad for anybody with a Super Bowl ring anymore. Um, the Colts, when what turned out to be a little bit of a nail biter. Against the Jaguars, the Colts have slowly moved up to 5-5. Five and five, Same record as the Browns. Jonathan Taylor, though, did leave the game with an injury. No one's positive on his uh, – I, I haven't looked. I don't know what his outlook is for this Sunday, but I, I saw that he did get hurt. But they won, so a win's a win. As mentioned earlier, the Lions tied the Steelers, 16-16. No Ben Roethlisberger. Mason Rudolph came out there. What an ugly game. Did you watch any of that game? I didn't watch it, but I saw, like, what was happening, and I saw it was just fumble after fumble. The Steelers had the game won a couple of times, and they fumbled it away. Uh, just embarrassing. I mean...
1: That that entire game, football ethics-wise, was just fucking horrible. Like, you watch that game going, what am I watching right now?
0: And that's what makes me worried about the playing them on Sunday, because regardless of who our starting quarterback is, which defense is going to show up? Are we going to give up 20 points to the Saints? Because, honestly we haven't we've scored 17 or less points in four of the last five weeks if i'm not mistaken so if they put up 16 we might lose that game because we don't score a lot of points anymore yep so there's your first tie of the season again uh nfl needs to do away with that it's so stupid let them play one full quarter and then come up with a rule to do like a sudden death overtime thing maybe college style whatever they got to get rid of the tie. It's, it's embarrassing why, to get rid of the that's why naja, tie.
1: That's why Najee Harris didn't realize that he could get a tie in NFL football. Did you hear about that? Read that interview? Yeah. Where he he's, at on, the, he's like, didn't even he's know he like, had he's a tie like, in, the, in the NFL. Thought, thought I had another quarter to go or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, it's over. He's like, what?
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. But, I mean, couldn't happen to a better team. Embarrassing for the Steelers to admit that they – I mean, I think a loss would be less embarrassing than a tie, in my opinion. Because a loss, you're just kind of like, ooh, the Steelers shit the bed, but Ben wasn't playing. It is what it is. Now it's the talk of the town because everyone wants to bitch about how ties shouldn't be a thing, which I agree. However, now you're just connected to tying with the windless lions. I don't know. It just, it's, to me, it feels, it just feels worse. I don't know. Right. I agree. Then we had the Browns and Patriots. Obviously we went over that one. Mac Jones, first rookie with three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions in new England history. So he is already setting the, uh, entering the record books up in Foxborough. <laughs> And he happened to do it against us.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> the Vikings
0: are a little bit of a stunner over the Chargers. I know you picked them last week in our pickems. Most people did not, and the Vikings came away with a road win that nobody saw coming. The Chargers are five and four, still scraping away to try to get in the AFC West or at least a wild card spot. And the Vikings are kind of hanging on at four and four and five. They're not terrible, but that's kind of how they always are. They're a 500 team most years. That's about it. So I'm not. Expecting I need I need a couple more forward. those those lucky picks
1: there to kind of catch up with you in our pick 'em league. You yeah, just moved in the first place.
0: I, uh, yeah. Well, which one—the Facebook group or with us?
1: The, the Facebook one. Yeah, I don't know
0: what our group number is,
1: but the Facebook group, the big money one. You're in first place now.
0: Yeah, I, I jumped up a game in that one, and that's because I I picked a different pick on on there than I did on our picks. So. I would have gone up a game with you – or, I'm sorry, not even gone up. I would have even you out because of the Minnesota pick for you. We are – I think you you went up one game. I forgot the exact score. I'd have to look at it in a little bit. But you, you got one game ahead because – not ahead, but you moved up a game because of that Minnesota pick. Everything else we had the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers beat the shit out of the Cardinals. Colt McCoy did not have that magic that he had last week. And he left the game with an injury. Kyler Murray is possibly going to be playing this week, but nothing's certain. Cam Newton had two touchdowns in his return. He barely played, though, only a handful of snaps. So he's expected to get the start on Sunday. Kind of a revenge game against Ron uh, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. We'll see how that goes. But for the time being, they beat the shit out of the Cardinals. So Mm the five and five Panthers. It's a little bit of a surprise, but it's weird. You lose Sam Darnold. They also kind of played like the Browns, a little Jekyll and Hyde. One week, they look great. One week, they look like shit. And they look great again. So we'll see what happens there. Eagles win easily against the Broncos. Broncos are so fucking weird. They're 5-5, five and five, but they might be the worst 5-5 five five team I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand, really I don't I don't understand they
1: their season. <laughs> They're so up and down, it's crazy to me. Like, one week, they play competitive football and look like a legit football team. Then the next week they just make stupid mistakes and they're not there. Like the first week after they lost Von Miller, they went out and won that game. They're like, oh, shit, they're, they're good. You know, now it's back to being, you know, normal again. So And I don't that know, was weird.
0: That was coming off the week of them, well, maybe two weeks. But either way, like within the last couple of weeks of, the, the, of trading Von Miller, they lost to the Browns on Thursday Night Football. So just yep. a weird team. I don't understand. Case Keenum and the Browns, I should say. Uh, definitely have to put that on there to, to make it really hit home. Uh, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers comes back. So does Russell Wilson. Interesting game because a lot of people thought it would be a little more competitive, which it was. It was a it was a good game until like the third quarter. Uh, the Packers just blew away with it. 17 to nothing. First time Russell Wilson's ever been shut out, if I'm not mistaken. So that's always yep. exciting. He looks like he came back a little too early. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, the Seahawks are three and six. They're kind of in that situation, too. They're not as bad, not as bad off as them. But they could possibly be thinking about shutting Russell Wilson down. And speaking of Russell Wilson, that'll get me to my hot take, my little info nugget that I had for you earlier. So I was listening to the the radio today, and there's a guy named Charles Robinson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him from Yahoo Sports. He has strong connections with Cleveland Browns, so he knows the ins and outs of what's happening inside in Berea. He basically said, and this is his words, not mine, usually a team knows w- how their quarterback is and where they're going with him after by year four and the Browns, it's kind of looking like they, they want it to work, but it's just not looking that way. And he said through his sources, Russell Wilson will be available for the Browns in the off season. Meaning, How so now- though? Like, I mean, is he's not, is he a free agent at the end of the season? No, I don't believe so. I believe he's he's going to be asking for a trade. I'd have to look that up. I think he's still under contract. Um,
1: so you're saying that Russell he's... Wilson has maybe made it known quietly that he'd be open to a trade to the Browns?
0: Yeah, I mean, he didn't say specifically the Browns, but he just said the way he said it made me think the Browns. He said Russell Wilson will be available in the offseason was like his little info. So to me, that the way he said it, because he was on a Cleveland Browns radio show, was that he was meaning the Browns have a chance for him. You know what I mean?
1: Right. He Interesting. They
0: say, like, Russell Wilson named the Browns. He just said that he, you know, per his sources, Russell Wilson will be available in the offseason.
1: Does Russell Wilson make the Browns a Super Bowl contender? Yes.
0: Russell Wilson's be- biggest issue. And the funny thing, too, I didn't even realize this Russell Wilson's an Ohio boy. He was born in Cincinnati. I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, but the thing with Russell Wilson is his biggest bugaboo, he was dominant when they had Marshawn Lynch. At the time, one of the best running backs in football. His biggest complaint now is he just wants No to be
1: protection. Protected.
0: Yep. We have the best offensive line in football, the best running backs in football. This goes back to the loser mentality thing that I always say about Browns fans who bitch and moan and say, why would any good quarterback ever want to come here? That's why. What does a quarterback want? They want security. What do they have with this offensive line? Some of the best security in football. And then what else is a huge security blanket for a quarterback? A great running game. Hey, we happen to have that too. So I think a lot of fans are just a little like – they're just stuck in their old ways. They, they refuse to accept that, that things are going to change. Let's um, not
1: let's not discount the fact that Aaron Rodgers is also in play. I'm not saying he's in play for the Browns, but oh, you know where Aaron, I stand. With. I would I would have went after uh, Aaron. Well, yeah, absolutely. Year. Aaron Rodgers already made it known that he expects to be traded in the offseason. Like that's his deal with Green Bay. He's like I will come play what this season, but I expect to be traded before 2022. You know that's it. So he's he's in play too. I don't know what we'd have to give up for him or Russell Wilson, um, but also like you said too, Deshaun Watson, and those are three names that have been talked about even on our local talk shows. Uh, about next season. Those names have been thrown out there before. So I would be happy with any of them, to be honest. I mean, I think any of them would be stupid not to consider coming to Cleveland like you've mentioned before. So I'm a little, I'm curious to see what happens with that. And, of course, you know Baker's probably hearing him. But then in these trades, are we trading away Baker too? Like, are we saying, here you go, or is Baker now our backup?
0: Um, it, I mean, it would really depend. I, I think Baker's got to go if you – get a guy like Russell Wilson here because Baker's attitude. I don't think he would be a good, a good guy to be, to be benched. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you were benching him for Aaron Rodgers or for Russell Wilson, who are clearly night and day better than Baker. I don't think he would just be like, Oh, you know, I'm so happy. I couldn't be happier for this. He would, he would be angry. He would be bitter. So I just think he'd be better off gone, whether or not the team you make a trade for, or if you sign a guy, whatever, maybe you can't get rid of him that way. So then you maybe look for a different trade partner. And then at the end of the day, I mean, he's going into his fifth year, so he is very tradable in the offseason. A team could take him for one year, see if see what they like. You could tag him a couple times. You could, you know, let him walk. You could keep him if you like him. And I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of options with Baker. Uh, really quickly, though, so based on Russell Wilson's contract, after the 2021 season, he has a potential out for 2022 where it just says, I don't exactly know what this means. I'm on Spo, SPO track, so we'll see. What, I'll just read it verbatim. It says potential out 2022, three years, hundred hundred and seven million dollars, twenty six million dollar dead cap space. So I think that means he could opt out of his contract with the, with the uh, Seahawks. He's technically under contract until 2024, but he does have an out after the season. So yes, he is very available. And at currently three and six, the only thing we could hope for is a Browns fan. And the other, really, the other thing that the Seahawks really did that fucked them was uh, trade away their two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, which that hasn't panned out. Their current first-round pick for this year, because of their horrible season, could be a potential top-five, top-ten pick. And it goes to the Jets. They don't even get it. So they can't even improve the offensive line with a good draft pick because they traded them away. And I think their second round pick, too, if I'm not mistaken, they traded a lot away for Jamal Adams. So they fucked up. They don't have any assets to, to help that offensive line. Their money situation's kind of tight. So realistically, I mean, again, Browns look good. We have that money to spend. We could afford Russell Wilson.
1: Well, um, let's just fast forward to the offseason.
0: Let's get this over with him. I'm all for it. I mean, if you're going to pay a quarterback $30 to $40 million, I'd rather it be Russell Wilson than Baker Mayfield. That's just me personally. I don't think I'm – I think I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say that too.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: And a Sunday night game that was actually kind of good for – kind of tight for about a half, half the game, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the shit out of the Las Vegas Raiders 41-14. to That was the one that with us, I picked Las Vegas for some reason. I don't really know why I did that with you and Chipper. Because in the other pickems, I I did pick Kansas City, and that's the one that helped me get my my lead.
1: I just I had very I, I had some hope that the Raiders would outperform on Sunday because they do well against them sometimes. And then of course now uh, I think um, Patrick Mahomes finally showed up to Patrick Mahomes esque football. So
0: that's kind of where I was at with the Chiefs. I was looking at it like they're not as bad as they've been playing. I, I know that. So eventually they're going to have a game where they figure it all out and it's going to look like that. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. Um, Their defense showed up. Uh, The the Raiders are in a, a scary regression after, I mean, they're, they're going through a lot. We talked about it last week when you lose two first round picks from a year ago, you have to fire your head coach. And it's not like they're getting rid of these guys because they're just not talented. You have a racist, homophobic, misogynistic email scandal with your head coach that looks bad then your whole team is just drowned with questions about it next thing you know your rookie or your second year wide receiver kills a person in a fiery blaze nothing but red flag or or nothing but questions and comments about that that's a lot to put on these players that that's how they have to deal with it. they just want to play football they want to focus on football I feel bad for them because you know no one on the team did this shit like Derek Carr didn't type up racist emails. He didn't drive right. drunk and kill somebody, but they have to deal with the repercussions. John Gruden's fired. He's trying to sue the NFL. He's gonna come out horribly, I think. Um and then you look at Henry Ruggs, same thing. Henry Ruggs is now in prison. He'll probably never see the light of day. If he does, it'll be 20 years from now we won't even remember him. So he doesn't have to deal with the pressures of all this. But the Raiders do. Then you have Damon Arnett who films a video of him with a gun threatening people. He gets cut. Who has to deal with all that? The current Raiders, not Arnett. So it's just a right. really shitty situation for them to be in. But I don't really feel that bad because as a, 20, as a, as a Browns fan over the last 20 years, we've seen all that shit. We've seen coaches. And George Coquinas got walked out of the office for – he got escorted out of the office for, I think the the story is, he had a bunch of porn on his computer. Uh, he was just a filthy dude. There, were, there was the story of them playing a uh, – a PowerPoint presentation that had porno connected to it, uh, just so many weird fucking what's, things. What's, tr- what's wrong through. with that?
1: That's a that's a great way to present porn is with PowerPoint.
0: Exactly. That's I, I agree completely. So nothing wrong with what happened here. We had how many drunk drunk driving people? Uh, I mean, we signed Dante Stallworth for God's sake. A- I think after he killed a guy.
1: I think it was der- Yeah, it was after he killed a guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Either way, we've dealt with guys getting DUIs. We've dealt with guys getting arrested and having to cut them and you know all this kind of shit so i don't feel bad for the raiders at all and josh gordon antonio Callaway. i can name these guys till my fucking head explodes armani bryant all these fucking people so don't feel bad for them at all just sucks that they were having a decent season if you're a raiders fan i know the feeling you guys can join our club because we've been there and now ladies and gentlemen week 11 It is time for Pickums, and we will start with Thursday night. We have the Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons. I think we're going to both agree on this one, but Kyle, start it off.
1: Uh, Yeah, we're going to go with, as you say, as good as Tom Brady um, and his New England Patriots. I think uh, New England wins this one pretty handily. Uh, I think you'll see another outstanding performance with Mac Jones, but, yeah, I'm taking New England here. All
0: right, next up, we have Indianapolis at Buffalo. Not going to lie to you, I put a a half – a half there's like more into this game than I thought there was a I would.
1: couple there's a couple this week that were kind of like, oh wow, I gotta think about this one for a second. this was definitely one of them um, but I ultimately went with Buffalo on this one especially I being did as home. well
0: uh, this was this was a little tight thought process because again, are the Colts kind of legit or are they just a product of having bad opponents? And then you look at Buffalo who just two weeks ago couldn't couldn't establish a running game against the Jaguars and ultimately cost them the game. so I thought, Could that happen again? I really don't think so. I think they're going to be okay. Teams have fluky games. That's why I hate when Browns fans compare one bad game from a great team or a great player, and they try to compare it to an entire career for Baker Mayfield or whoever. You know what I mean? I had to listen to that all week. Last week it was, is Josh Allen really that good? He just lost to the Jaguars. It's like, yeah, players lose to teams. It happens. It's football. No one goes undefeated. It's very rare. So you can't just go, well, he lost to one bad team. He must be terrible. Fire him. That's like Mike Tomlin just tied the lions. Is Mike Tomlin, not a hall of fame coach? I don't care if he, I don't
1: care if he ever makes it in a hall of fame, but no, I I mean, I prefer if he
0: didn't sure, but it's just, that happens for teams. Bill Belichick had an embarrassing season last year. They were terrible. The Patriots, he had to take one horrible, bad season, turn it around and look what they're doing now. But you can't compare one instance, you know, you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I look at Buffalo. They had a horrible game against uh, the Jaguars. I think they'll be okay. Yep. Next up, Baltimore at Chicago.
1: This is a very interesting yeah. one too. This is a as, as as much as you want to go Baltimore quickly, you have to stop and think. Is like, does did Chicago like watch that tape of what Miami did? And Chicago's defense isn't horrible. They could easily duplicate what Miami did. Um, yeah, Chicago but... might have
0: a more talented defense, realistically.
1: Yeah, and but but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, does Baltimore do two back-to-back games like this? I am I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Baltimore in this one. Very close, but I'm going with Baltimore.
0: I'm with you. I think a lot of the Baltimore game too. There were some interesting things in it, and that's I think I told you before we did our picks that they're they're on a short week. They're in Miami. They just got done winning in overtime against Minnesota so that they had to play basically four-quarter, five-quarters of football short week Thursday night in the heat, in the humidity in Miami. Now you're going to Chicago. It's going to be cold. You've had 10 days or whatever to kind of recharge. I think the Ravens are going to be okay, and they're going to bounce back in this one. Although, don't get me wrong, I am more than rooting for Justin Fields and the, and the, uh, the Bears. Absolutely. But we're both going to be picking Baltimore. Next up, we have Houston at Tennessee. I think this one was pretty easy. I don't want to yeah. speak on your behalf, but oh, I no, figure you're going means. Houston. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> of course. Uh, no, Tennessee, definitely. I, I can't
0: believe. I mean, I don't see Houston doing much in this game. Yeah, I, I, the only thing, I mean, obviously you lose Derrick Henry, that's going to hurt Tennessee. Now they have uh, Jeremy McNichols is in concussion protocol and probably not playing. So they have Devontae Foreman. Uh, Adrian
1: Peterson, baby.
0: and Yeah, an AP. Is it, which one do they have? Do they have Devontae Foreman? Or Devontae Freeman.
1: They have Devontae F- Foreman, I think. I think Freeman plays for Baltimore, doesn't he?
0: That's right. Yep. Okay. I got him confused. I always got those two confused. Yeah. They Damn have- it. The NFL
1: players and their same like names.
0: Right? It's fucking annoying. That's right. Because it's Deontay Foreman, not Devontae. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I'm an idiot. All right. So, yeah, we're both on the same page there with Tennessee. Uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. This is one that is a little tricky. I look at the spread. I think it's only Minnesota's uh, – minus t- or plus two yeah
1: this this yeah, green no green bay minus two yeah minnesota plus two you're right but yeah it's it's uh this is closer i mean the spreads makes it seem closer than what i thought it would be to be honest i Same thought this here would be, i thought it'd be an easy pick for uh the packers but are they saying that because it's a rivalry game it's at home for minnesota that gives them an advantage of some sort i not for me i think
0: i'm taking green bay in this one I mean, I am too. I think that like, I mean, Green Bay had some injuries on Sunday. Like they lost Aaron Jones. There's potential that Aaron Jones isn't playing, which would be a huge loss for them. But then right. you just plug in A.J. Dillon, who's a very good running back. So it's not really like they're, you know, they're helpless. And then you still have Aaron Rodgers. You still have Devontae Adams. I kind of think, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Vegas knows something, but I I, I like the Packers. And I, I'm, I'm really shocked by that spread.
1: Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think Green Bay wins, but you're right. I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, but then Minnesota does play the Packers pretty well, but it could be one of those games where they just, I don't know, outperform what their expectations are, I guess. But yeah, Green Bay for sure.
0: All right. Then we have a the prison inmate game of the week, the game that nobody wants to watch, not even their fans. Miami <laughs> at New York Jets.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, this is, I don't know, it's kind of an easy pick for me. I just, I, I don't like either one of them, but I think Miami takes this one.
0: I do, too. I just think Miami has the better defense. They play a little bit better. I don't know if you saw Rex Ryan's comments that he was making about Robert Sala during the week. No. So there is a new awesome feud in New York. And I have to say, I I hated Rex Ryan when he was actually the coach of the Jets. He was a loudmouth blowhard. I hated him.
1: I think he's hilarious.
0: I hated him a year or two ago when he started talking shit about Baker. Because I was a huge Baker defender, a huge Baker supporter. Now he was actually right about everything he said. But now that he works for ESPN, he came out and he talked so much shit about Robert Sala and the Jets because when they hired Sala, they compared Sala to Rex Ryan. And they said, finally, the Jets are going to get that defensive genius coach back, blah, blah, blah. Rex Ryan came out and he said, hey, don't ever compare me to that guy. He's like, look at this team. They have no heart. They suck. Their defense is not even close to mine. He's like, and you could tell me injuries till you're blue in the face. He said, one year I po- we I, I coached, we had five cornerbacks hurt, and we still finished top ten or something like that in defense. He's like, do not compare me to a guy like that. My players went out there and had heart. This team does not have heart. He's like, everyone said, oh Rex, you're gonna he's gonna remind you so much of you. He's like, I, I knew how to work with a rookie quarterback. This guy doesn't. Don't ever talk to me about this guy again. <laughs> he was going off. <laughs> wow. I Spicy. And then Roberts. Robert Sala, you can tell, does not have a, like, I won't even say sense of humor, but he just came off as like a total douchebag. Where he was like, "Well, you know, I never talked to Rex in my life. I've never met the guy. Uh, but, you know, if, if he, if he, won't, if he's looking for me, he knows where to find me, or something like that." Like, dude, you can't act <laughs> like a tough guy when your team sucks ass like yours does. Rex, Rex has better you. things
1: to do. <laughs> he
0: roasted you. He's been there before. He almost went to the fucking Super Bowl with, with. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez.
1: Oh he yeah, beat the
0: Patriots and Tom Brady in the playoffs with Mark Sanchez. Like that dude has a resume, and Robert Sala has the nerve to be like, "Well, he knows where to find me." What a fucking <laughs> shitty response! My I door's think- always open. <laughs> he might be one of those guys that doesn't make it uh, into year two, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. That Jets team is embarrassing. Uh, moving on, I-, I also take Miami, so that's an easy pick there. New Orleans at Philadelphia. This is one that I picked once, went back, and changed. Would you care to guess hey. on which way I went? All
1: right. My guess is going to be you went New Orleans first, went back, changed, and went to Philly.
0: Opposite, my friend. Really? I went New Orleans.
1: Oh, we are different here. I'm going Philly.
0: So, Philly looks like they've kind of turned it on a little bit as of late. They Their offense is clicking. Their defense is playing okay. However, New Orleans – their defense has played really well, and they've stayed in games. I mean, again, last week, from what I heard, they were a couple really bad calls away by the refs from winning against the Titans, who are arguably the best team in football right now. So for me, I look at if they can compete with that, that kind of team. Two weeks ago, before right the game, Jameis Winston got hurt. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Makes me think that New Orleans really knows how to shut some teams down and do some good good things. Mm-hmm. And they did that against two top division teams in the afc and the nfc in consecutive weeks now you're going up against a pretty average philadelphia team and i feel like that's going to be easy for them to, to figure out so i decided to go with new orleans here
1: here makes my comeback i'm going to move that first place soon yeah i think this i think philly takes this one i think philly just has a more athletic team um, their defense is suspect at best but I, I think it's enough ignore the squeaks my dog is chewing a toy so
0: I just figured it was you. All right, so we have our first different pick of the week. Next up, Washington at Carolina. Cam Newton getting his first start, first game, uh, first start back, and it's against Ron Rivera. His ex-coach had nothing to do with him in in Washington.
1: I cannot wait to see the touchdown celebration
0: where he is
1: licking his fingers in a W, each finger slowly.
0: Yeah, I went – Uh, Spoiler alert, I went Carolina here. I just think they have the better overall team. Carolina's defense is no joke. Their defense is good. Uh, They've they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, but they keep finding ways to win. They lost Sam Darnold realistically before he actually got hurt. They lost Sam Darnold weeks ago because he was about to get cut or benched because of how poorly he's been playing. So uh, I think Cam Newton's only going to bring a new dynamic aspect to that team. Washington's been underachieving all year, a couple surprise wins here and there, but losing chase young, I think is going to be the nail in the coffin for them. I'm going Carolina.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I actually, in my one team where I'm quarterback depleted, I I picked up cam Newton, started him, in hopes he does well. So we'll see.
0: (laughs) I mean, Hey, he might not put up good numbers, but he likes, he gets rushing touchdowns like a son of a bitch. So those, those points count too. Right. San Francisco at Jacksonville. Now this is an interesting game because Jacksonville's kind of been competitive over the last couple of weeks. Sure. Uh, The Niners are a very fluky team. I mean, we talked about it last week. We were saying that Kyle Shanahan might be on the hot seat, and then he goes out and blows the doors off Sean McVay and the Rams. So maybe saving his job, I think he's hit the right peak to try to win some games to try to make himself look a little bit better for for the Niners to keep him because I think the Niners win this game.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Like you said, I, I think that Jacksonville is finding somewhat of its identity. I, I just don't think tre- Trevor Lawrence does that look good this year, though. Um, but I, I, I think that it's it's a San Francisco game for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think he'll eventually be okay. I, I, I right. like his, I like his ability. I just think that he was put, and that's what happens. You were the number one pick in the draft. You're going to our, you know, honestly, you go to the worst team in football when you're the number one pick unless they trade up for you and Trevor Lawrence is on. I mean that, that Jaguars roster is garbage. It's so bad. It needs so much help. It you know, that them and the jets have two of the worst rosters in football and Houston, I guess. So those three teams are just terrible. So Trevor Lawrence is doing the best with what he can do. Um, I'm shocked. He's been able to stay healthy, but kudos to him for doing so. Uh, I just don't think this is a good week for them. I think the Niners defense is going to kind of, kind of unleash a little bit on them then we have a tough one here Bengals at las vegas
1: this is one that i deleted picked deleted and picked again so i'll let you pick and decide what i did here since i guessed that you i'm gonna guess you
0: picked cincinnati then you picked las vegas then you picked cincinnati again
1: like you opposite damn really okay yeah i think vegas never
0: i never even had a thought of picking vegas for this one if i'm being honest Really? I don't know why I'm I'm latching on to Vegas
1: all of a sudden, but I just for some reason think Vegas wins this one. I do.
0: To me, they have hit their midseason collapse, which they hit every year. So they're right on cue and Cincinnati just got blown out. Then they had a bye week. So I'm looking at that as the the Vegas Raiders just got blown out by the Chiefs on Sunday night football. So kind of a shorter week for them because they played a little later and the Bengals just had two weeks to kind of sit down, Uh, watch all the tape, get better, improve on what they did wrong against the Browns. And I think they're looking for a little bit of a, hey, we're here to show you that that was a fluke. We're a pretty good team. So I went with the Bengals here. So you're going Raiders?
1: Yeah, going two. This could could be a big swing this week.
0: It really could be. All right, next up, we have Dallas at Kansas City. Another tough one.
1: God, this was, this was, this this week was the hardest week in a long time.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so go ahead.
0: I, I went a, I did a back and forth on this one. If you want to try to guess, you can I only did one. I picked one, a race went back.
1: I think you picked Kansas city first and then went to Dallas.
0: Hey, you got one. You nailed it. Yay. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I did. Initially,
1: yep. I picked Kansas city thinking, oh, it's at home, you know, coming off of a hot game. But then I'm like, no, I just, I think Dallas has all the pieces in place. Their defense is legit. Their offense is legit. I just, I think they win this one.
0: Their defense is exactly what I looked at. I, I, I watched this. I, I looked at these two teams, and I see two dynamic offenses, two offenses that can score at will. The only problem is, can one of the defenses make a stop? And if I'm going to pick one of the defenses to make a stop, I'm going to pick Dallas over Kansas City 10 times out of 10. Right. So with that being said, I went with Dallas. Awesome. Next up, we have – this was a tricky one only because I don't know the injury reports. So we're doing these picks on Thursday. I think I'm going with a – the you know how last week we, we let ourselves give a little wiggle room with the Aaron Rodgers situation?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask for the same thing with this one with Murray. Um, I'd like with to do that. Murray. I'm, yeah.
0: yeah, I'm not picking the Cardinals or the Seahawks. I am picking Kyler Murray because if Kyler Murray plays, I'm going with him. If he doesn't, I am not because if not, they're probably without Colt McCoy also. also. And I forgot his name, but they're their backup – their third-string quarterback in Arizona – is a guy from the CFL. So I will definitely go with Russell. John, Johnny Manziel. They wish. Boy, yeah, they no, wish.
1: A- a- Asterisks next to this. It's Arizona if Murray plays. If not, I'm going to Seattle.
0: Absolutely. So what I'll write is, I did it last week with the Rodgers thing. I literally just wrote Rodgers for, for uh, me and you. Or me and Chipper, I think. Put- no. Yeah, me and you uh- both picked. If Rodgers plays, we go Green Bay. So I only wrote Rodgers down.
1: There you go. Just put Murray down for this one. Perfect.
0: All right. Sunday night football. Interesting one here because we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at Los Angeles Clippers. Sounds like a good game on paper, but we're looking at it as Ben is expected to be back from the COVID list. Uh, For those of you that don't remember, he was knocked out by COVID-19 last week. This was the first time something 19 has kept him out of football since he raped <laughs> some women. <laughs> That's a good joke. I'm
1: surprised you haven't used that somewhere Thank else. <laughs> I actually I
0: texted it to my friends the other day, and I really liked it. They all loved it. And I was like, fuck, I got to save that. I was going to tweet it. And I'm like, I'm not wasting it on a tweet. I'm saving it for the air. So I waited until we recorded for it. I've That's been sitting great. on that for days. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going, or well, so he's back from the COVID list. Minka Fitzpatrick just tested positive, though, so he's expected to not play. Uh, TJ Watt left the game with a hip and a knee injury. He, he, his MRI was negative, but he's still not 100%, so who knows if he'll even play. How was his I, vagina, though? Was it good? Uh, I heard it was fantastic, Perfect. based on uh, what, what the Lions told us on their on their <laughs> scouting report this week. <laughs> and then on the opposite side, you have Joey Bosa, who just oh, wow. tested positive. Or, I'm sorry, he is... Potentially on the close contact list because it's believed that he is not vaccinated, so he will probably not be playing, and that's a huge blow to the Chargers' defense. However, I just think the Chargers overall are the better team, so I'm going with the Chargers at home.
1: Yeah, I, I took the Chargers here. Um, I just I don't know. I can't see Pittsburgh really putting it together. Pittsburgh's going to play competitive. I just don't. I don't think they have enough to to hold the Chargers out of the end zone.
0: Monday Night Football pretty easy I think for both of us Tampa Bay against the New York Giants uh I think Tampa Bay wins this one easily not even close really
1: Yeah I'm going with them. I'm going with Tampa Bay
0: easily here too that's an easy pick All right and that takes us to the Browns and Lions the Battle of the Great Lakes Who do you got and why Kyle
1: Okay so <laughs> I'm going the, the Browns because we're playing a team that has yet to win this season. That should be the no brainer, right? However, I'm afraid. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm extremely nervous that I think that a Detroit defense could slow us down that our, our defense could stop, not stop their offense and our offense can't fucking score the ball. So all those things together, I, I'm nervous. I'm going to go the Browns, but I think it's going to be closer than we think it's going to be, and it's going to make a lot of us nervous.
0: Yeah, I'm not really confident, but I'm with you. I am going to take the Browns. They are at home. They are the better team. At least they should be. So, you know, looking at it, it's a no-brainer pick. This was going into the season. We both looked at this and said, oh, fuck, easy win. That's a gimme. It's not so much a gimme, but I do think it is going to be a pretty decent win. I think the defense is pissed off. I think last time Miles Garrett called out the defense, We went up against the bears who have a terrible offensive line and the Browns dominated. They held Justin Fields to a Baker Mayfield like statistical game. I wish those talks would
1: happen going against good teams. Every time he comes out and calls someone out, we do well, but it's always against bad teams.
0: Well, the problem is is that the good teams beat our ass. So that's why we get called out. And then it just so happens the way the schedule lies that we always end up on a shit offense. So I think the defense is going to come out pissed off. I think offensively, I'm hoping Stefanski gets out of his own way, sticks with the running game. I think uh, Nick Chubb will be back. Even if he's not, you have Dearness Johnson. Run the fucking ball. Let Case Keenum just be smart. Don't overthink things. Just get out there. Win a physical AFC North-style smash-mouth game. Just win. Come home with the W. I think it's going to be a close one, like you said. Assuming Case Keenum plays. Assuming Case Keenum's our starting quarterback, I think it's going to be a, a similar game to the uh, Thursday night football game against the Broncos. It's going to be ugly. There's going to be some turnovers, at least from them. Uh, not high scoring, but I think we can win this one. So I'm with you. I'm going Cleveland.
1: Hope, hope we're both right because if we don't, if we lose this, I, I don't want to listen to sports talk for the entire week.
0: I mean, as we said, my, my issue here with with Browns fans, and we'll end with this, if we lose on Sunday and we don't have Nick Chubb and we don't have Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski's, I mean, the other thing you got to think about too, is Detroit's a terrible team. Don't get me wrong, but they are winless. Those winless teams have nothing to lose. Their season's over. They're not making the playoffs. They're probably going to get the first pick of the draft. They have nothing to lose. They're just a bunch of pissed off pro athletes who are going to try to get their first win of the season. So they're going to be giving you everything they have. Absolutely. So again, I'm not defending a loss by any stretch. If we lose, it's embarrassing. There's almost no excuse for it. However, don't take one game as a resume. So if we lose, I don't want to hear fans calling in and saying Kevin Stefanski should be fired. In my opinion, I think our def- our, our coordinators should get looked at. But I think Kevin Stefanski is here for the long run. Uh, I think Joe Woods, just based on half the season so far, and last year too, I think his days are numbered. Uh, Alex Van Pelt if anything with Stefanski if anything he should maybe give play calling duties to Alex Van Pelt but that's another discussion for another time but if we lose don't overreact our season's probably over anyway as Kyle and I broke down in the beginning of the show even with the win this week I don't think we have enough wins on the schedule to make much of a difference
1: yeah, I think Joe Woods is gonna be the sacrificial lamb this year anyways. I think I heard right someone on the talk so. show talk about that, but I think he's gone anyways at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And again, I think we right should give Rex
1: though, Ryan give Rex Ryan a call. Bring him in. <laughs> I would
0: do that in a the only thing though is if we do that, Baker's definitely gotta go because I don't think those two can work <laughs> in the same building. Agree. But I'm okay with that trade. If I get Rex Ryan and I lose Baker, sign me up.
1: <laughs> Love it. All
0: right, man. That's all I got.
1: Nothing else for me, sir. Good episode. I will talk Absolutely. to you later. will talk
0: to you guys later. All right. Have a good night. You too, man. See ya.